When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready for some scolding hot takes? Talking Vikings with Dane Misutani and Chase Frederick. This is Inside Purple and Gold. Hey, welcome back to the latest edition of Inside Purple and Gold. I'm Chase Frederick, joined as always by co-host Dane Misutani here on August 19th, Friday, just after the Vikings completed their joint practices Wednesday and Thursday with the San Francisco 49ers preseason game two set for Saturday night at U.S. Bank Stadium. But Dane, before we get to that joint practices, we watched a little bit more of the defense on Thursday. What were the biggest takeaways? What did you think of how Minnesota stacks up against San Francisco on that side of the ball in what you saw? Yeah, I think it's it's much harder to watch the defense and glean much from that because right. like can't hit anybody offense. like Exactly. Like Zadarius Smith and Daniil Hunter are doing a pretty good job off the edge, but they can't really bring down Trey Lance. So he escapes the pocket. Like, would it have been a sack? I don't know. I will say yesterday at Thursday's practice, the defense for the Vikings did a much better job making Trey Lance look uncomfortable. Um, I was talking to a lot of the 49ers beat writers, and they said like he looked markedly worse yesterday, but a lot of that was because the Vikings defense looked better. And I think a lot of that started with the pass rush. Um, They were able to kind of make Trey Lance uncomfortable in the pocket, make him scramble around out of the pocket. And I thought the the secondary had a really good day. Um, There was a couple pass breakups, one by Cam Bynum. That was pretty impressive. Um, Chandran Sullivan had an interception on a play. Patrick Peterson was really good coverage on, on Debo Samuel. There were things that stood out like snapshot moments, but I think the bigger story of the day was the Vikings found a way to get to Trey Lance. Um, You won't see it Saturday because he's not going to play. But I think even in practice, if you're getting to a quarterback, that's as dynamic as that um, you're probably trending in the right direction. Yeah, that was kind of everything I saw uh, from San Francisco writers who were there, Minnesota reporters who were there was, Frankly, neither team could block the opposing team's defensive front. Uh, It caused a lot of issues on both sides there. But I think that maybe is kind of the recipe for success for Minnesota. And we've touched on this a little bit is defensively, if they're going to make a big jump this year, it probably is going to be because Daniel Hunter and Zadarius Smith are constantly, you know, causing havoc, uh, wreaking havoc in in the opposing backfield, rushing the passer, not letting uh, offenses kind of impose their will against them. And, I think it's going to be interesting to see exactly how effective Hunter and Smith are because they do kind of feel like a forgotten pass rushing duo in mm-hmm. the NFL because they've both been affected by injuries. Uh, but, dang, these are two guys who, you know, as recently as the NFL's top 100 in 2020, I looked this up to see, like, at their peaks, how were they thought of? Daniil Hunter was ranked the 40th best player in the NFL. Zadarius Smith was ranked the 48th best player in the NFL. And both have certainly dipped now. I don't think either one's going to be on the list this year uh but that's the type of players they are at their peak um and 
I looked at DraftKings Sportsbook. They've got sack totals for guys. And there were 15 players with over-unders for sacks this year uh, that sat in the double-digit range. And two of them were Vikings. And Daniil Hunters was 11.25, and Zedarius Smith was 10.25. So that's pretty impressive. And I think if they hit those overs, Minnesota will have an excellent defense this year because if you have Mm -hmm. that type of pass rush, it's hard not to. But how do you think those two kind of stack up in terms of what we see in the NFL uh, and what Minnesota and what they can do, I guess, for Minnesota's pass rush? Yeah, I think it's easy to forget about them because Daniil Hunter missed 2020 played like six right. games last year in 2021. Zadarius Smith, I think, played one game last year in 2021. So when people across the league are making their pass rush duo rankings, who's the best pass rush in the league? One, it's easy to forget about Daniel Hunter and Zadarius Smith. Two, it's it's easy to not rank them high on this list because their prime maybe is in the past. Like they were really good in 2019. Like, will they be really good in 2022? Like, we don't know. So I understand why they are being overlooked right now. But me and you have talked about it at length. And I've been out at practice and training camp throughout, you know, the past three weeks. And no one can block them on on the Vikings. And, And maybe that speaks to the Vikings offensive line a little bit. Probably does. Like, Christian Derrissaw is not going to be one of the best left tackles in the league this year. Brian O'Neill is a good right tackle, uh, one of the better ones. Um, but even him asking him to, to to consistently block someone like Daniel Hunter and Zadarius Smith one-on-one is a tough ask. But seeing those guys perform in training camp, I think they're going to surprise a lot of people this year. So I think it's understandable that that the Vikings pass rush duo of, of Daniel Hunter and Zadarius Smith is being overlooked. But I think when the end of the season rolls around, they're going to remind if they stay healthy, that that's a big thing. If they stay healthy, they're going to remind people that like, no, we're still really good. We're still two really good players. And and they're going to consistently make each other better uh, because you can't really scheme one out of the game because the other one exists somewhere on the defense. Yeah, that that is almost like when you look at maybe analysts who are looking at this um, like I saw 33rd team, which I'd never heard of until recently when Mike Zimmer supposedly joined and, and Rick Spielman uh, joined and, and, and Rick Spielman. But now Mike Zimmer is also on Deion Sanders coaching staff. So it's like, are you still doing the 33rd team thing? He's got to like do a bunch of part-time jobs to make up for his. Yeah, that's right. He's, job. he's juggling a lot of things right now. It's freelancing uh, Jace. But anyway, I'd never heard of it, but anyway, it's like NFL executives, coaches in like a media company, you know, evaluating teams. Uh, but anyway, so they did a list pretty recently of, top pass rushing duos and they didn't like necessarily rank them they tiered them um and so i was checking out and see where minnesota fell in that i was thinking probably not first year but maybe like second they were fourth they were the fourth tier out of seven uh, so that that puts them in like the middle range if not even a little bit below that with hunter and smith like and it was specific duos like it was daniel hunter and zadaria smith and it was fourth tier um and i i just think that's a little bit ridiculous because even when we saw daniel hunter last year he was very good um we right. talked about this in the past you and i have but like mm-hmm. the arizona game minnesota's only defense for kyler murray when kyler murray was lights out at the start of the year was daniel hunter making great plays right. uh so i mean I, I i certainly think like it's we don't know like you said you can look good in training camp and it might not translate to the season but these two look like they're in pretty good form so there's the kind of the perception of the media 
or at least one outlet. Um, and then there's the perception of Vegas, which generally I lean on as more reliable, saying that, hey, these two guys are both double-digit sack players. Um, and if they are, <clears throat> that that makes Minnesota, that covers up any concerns about the secondary. It covers up anything about the linebacking core. Um, it, it, it makes scheming defensively much easier. And I do think the only thing now is like, okay, is Daniel Hunter an effective, you know, edge rusher in the three, four scheme, because that can be a little bit different. I think than than when you're down in your stance, something interesting that Daniel Hunter continues to bring up anytime we talk about him. And I, I don't know if he's going out of his way to bring this up because he hears like maybe the outside murmurs of how is Daniel Hunter going to translate playing outside linebacker. He, he reminds everyone the first set. He, the first sack he ever got against Kansas city chiefs in his career. He was a stand-up rusher. He was a stand-up rusher as a rookie. And he kept telling us that, well, I, I've I've stood up before. I've rushed standing up before. Only recently have they told me to put my hand in the ground. And it's like, you know, whatever. Like, that's fine. Like, if he's going to be a good pass rusher, I think he's going to be able to do it standing up. I think he's going to be able to do it with his hand in the ground. I, I will be interested with this defense because if you watch in practice, they're not just edge rushers. Like, Ed Donatel moves these guys around like Mike Smith, the outside linebackers coach moves these guys around. So it's not even like, okay, Zedarius is coming from the left side. Daniel's coming from the right side or vice versa switch throughout a game. There's some days they're going to be like blitzing up the a gap. And, and that's going to be kind of, I think a little jarring for, for teams to scheme against where look, this will all show up on film. I understand that, but traditionally you're preparing for these these edge rushers to rush from the edge and and the vikings are going to move these guys around it's going to be like a game of chess and that's going to help them and going back to your vegas point yeah there's a reason they're 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 over under is in the double digits because if vegas were to put daniel hunters over under at like eight and a half people would hammer that and they would be at risk to lose a lot of money. The only rate I think Daniel doesn't get to over nine sacks this year is if he gets hurt. So if you're Vegas, of course you're going to put that that line in the double digit tier. Same with Zadarius Smith. If he's healthy, the past two years that he was healthy when he was in the peak of his prime, you know, I have this pulled up. He missed last year to 2021, but I would say Zadarius Smith really took off when he got to Green Bay and he was used in, in more of a pass rush specialist role in, in, in 2019, 13 and a half sacks, 2020, 12 and a half sacks. So if these guys stay healthy, they're going to be double digit sack guys. Um, and like you said, if that's the case, the Vikings are going to be pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I remember the Darius Smith. I think a lot of people do. And this was discussed even when he signed here in Minnesota right. is like a, the Sunday night, Monday night game. I don't remember which one, but it was like a, a massively important game for Minnesota at us bank. And, Minnesota's offense did absolutely nothing throughout the game because they the couldn't, Smith, right? No, it was it was Mike Boone in the backfield, so they weren't getting the running game going, and Kirk Cousins was mauled uh, by Zadaria Smith, one possession after another, um, and it was insane. And that that is kind of like when you have two guys who are that electric, and it's going to be very interesting to see like Daniel Hunter now paired with somebody like that, um, exactly what they do for one another. As you mentioned, you can't scheme one out um, because the other one will torch you assuming they're both healthy. And then as far as moving guys around, that is something where like, it's, it's almost like a wide receiver these days. Like if you have a dominant wide receiver, you're moving them around the field, you're putting them in motion, you're putting them in the slot. 
because if you just have them, you know, lining up at the X, it's a little bit easier for defenses to scheme them out or, you know, try to limit what they can do. And we are seeing the same thing with pass rushers um, because it's, it's too easy with like the dominant guys to say, okay, we're going to have our tackle and we're going to have this guy chip every single time where if you're moving them around, uh, you're more likely to create a favorable matchup where they can shine and impact the game. Um, so uh, having two guys like that, it gives Minnesota a ton of flexibility and the ability to give a lot of different looks and create a lot of havoc in different ways. Um, so I, I think it will be like almost something fun to watch. It's not always necessarily fun to watch a defense. Um, you know, it, you want the offense right. to be on the field, but I think that this pass rush could be like pretty entertaining. Um, which is something I'm almost looking forward to watching from this team this year. And I haven't always felt like that. Yeah. I think any time when Daniel Hunter was like on his game, like really, really feeling himself like in games last year. And I guess two years ago, cause he missed 2020. He was like appointment viewing television because every single play he, he could do something that no one else could do. He could speed rush over the end and he could just as easily bench press this guy back into the quarterback. Like, look, that dude is the most shredded dude on earth. Like, I, I, like, you've just seen pictures of him. It makes sense that he's so good because he's so strong. But, like, when you look at what those two could do, yeah, like, those, they're going to be exciting. Um, and I think we've talked a little bit about this defense, you know, on this podcast, but also with each other in the past. And, like, there's, there's weight, there's reasons to be worried. Is the secondary going to be good? it's old or, you know, their best player is Patrick Peterson in the secondary. He's up there in age. Then you got a couple unknown commodities with, with Cameron Dantzler and Andrew Booth Jr. If Harrison Smith as a safety, all those things get covered up. If Daniel Hunter and Darius Smith are sacking the quarterback. Let's real quick. Let's rank like, okay. Cause I'm looking through right now, the 33rd teams tiers and you tell me, where you think Minnesota belongs in this. So here's tier one. It's Dallas, Demarcus Lawrence, and Michael Parsons, the Raiders with Max Crosby and Chandler Jones, the Chargers with Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa, the Rams with Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd, the Steelers with TJ Watt and Cameron Hayward. I certainly think those not put yeah. Yeah. Fewer they have fewer question marks for sure. Like I do think yeah. Minnesota's peak with those two with Smith and Hunter can get up in that range, but like it's just so far from a guarantee uh, that they are those elite guys like are all mentioned there. Here's tier two, maybe a little bit more realistic. Cleveland with Miles Garrett and Jadavian Clowney. The Saints with Cameron Jordan and Marcus Davenport. The 49ers with <clears> Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead, who you had kind of front row viewing with this week. Uh, the Bucks Nick with Bosa Shakir. is so good. He's, He's so insane. good. He's Holy insane. crap. I saw the clips on that. Like, uh, We'll talk about Christian Derrissaw. I do want to get to him uh, probably in this next segment here, but Nick Bosa throws anybody around. I mean, it's insane. Uh, him and Eric Armstead. The Bucks with Shaquille Barrett and Joe Tryon. I don't know how to pronounce his name. Uh, <laughs> the Titans with Jeffrey Simmons and Harold Landry and the Packers with Deshaun Gary and Kenny Clark. What do you think? Do they go in there? Do they, do you want to hear the next is, one? My gut is that they go in there because okay. like I get my miles Garrett's a beast. I get that. But yeah. Jadavian Clowney's like, like he's a name, right? Like he's, he's good, but he's not like this elite pass rusher that everyone thought he was going to be. And if that's like the top name on the list or that, you know, the Browns, I know they're tiered, but like, I don't know. There's no reason for me to think that Daniel Hunter and, and Zedary Smith couldn't be like grouped into that tier. A lot of this has to just be like, what are you getting with those two? Because Yeah, right. So here's tier two. Here's the description of tier two. Tier two consists of pass rush duos with at least one superstar paired with a great supporting partner. Each star within this tier could easily see a season with 15 plus sacks with their counterpart counterparts 
sporting reasonable expectations for double digit sack totals as well. So I do think they could maybe fit in that with Daniel Hunter potentially being a 15 sack guy and Zadarius Smith very likely, you know, has an easy path to 10 sacks. So I think they Who's could tier fit three? in that. Tier three, the Bills with Vaughn Miller and Ed Oliver, the Bengals with Trey Hendrickson and Sam Hubbard, the Broncos with Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory, the Colts with <laughs> Unique Ngakwe and DeForest Buckner, <laughs> and the Commanders with Chase Young and Jonathan Allen. And this is a group extremely solid components to one another, complements to one another, or duos that can realistically combine for around 20 sacks this coming season. Both members of this tandem could be 10-plus sack contributors, and teams will need to specifically game plan to stop each rusher so like that tier description makes sense um i almost think that hunter and smith are like 2.5 i was gonna say tier two and a half let's take yeah. the cop out there but the tier four is ridiculous like yeah i mean like, i understand that it's it's consistent and slightly above pass rush duos um, did zimmer players. make this list because we know how, like how his his relationship with daniel soured by the end of it, it was in june so zimmer hadn't joined yet but yeah he could easily be like oh hunter <laughs> In parentheses, can't stay on the field. Um, <laughs> no, but I agree with you. I, I mean, they should be above that. Uh, but you do see, like you talk about it, maybe as one of the better ones in football at some point. But then you see these other combinations, and you realize that it, there are a bunch of teams with great ones, and there are a bunch of the best defenses. Like it's almost a prerequisite at this point um, to be a good defense to have two guys like this. So now that Minnesota has them, that's a big help. Um, and it's going to help erase some of the things, some of the deficiencies in other areas, but still the secondary is going to have to hold up. And a lot of people are going to have to hold up their end of the bargain, but it's a good start for Minnesota to have two guys who can kind of impact the game away. You know, a lot of these other duos can as well. 